0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by the Crowcast. And what an absolutely huge weekend of footy for the Crows and for the AFL. Uh, joining me tonight to talk all about it is Macca. How hey, going, Mac?
1: Oh, loving it, mate. Loving it. <laughs>
0: and a very emotional Nicky. How hey, going, Nick?
2: <laughs> it's been a very good day.
0: Has <laughs> it ever? Amazing scenes down at... Uh, Adelaide Oval today. Just you Had they just,
2: finished their lap of honor? <laughs> I think that still
0: might be going. <laughs> just I mean it's so it's such a just reward for uh, for the girls. Um, you know, they, after just losing the first round and, and sort of not really being on their on their game, uh, they just carried all before them and it was just an amazing victory and, uh, you know, so sad about Aaron and uh, Chloe Shear, but uh, I'm sure that both of those will be revelling in the victory tonight as well.
2: Yeah, there was a little, um, the club has put it up on YouTube about Clarkie's uh, four Ps. So he talked about passion, pride, premiership, and then he put a P up on the board and asked what's the other P for and I think it's Marinoff who yelled out, party.
0: <laughs> well, that'd, that'd be right, wouldn't
2: it? <laughs> and that's what the fourth P was. That would be
0: right. If anyone was going to uh, be thinking about the, uh, the aftermatch celebrations, it would be Ebb. All right, well, look, um, why, don't we, uh, why don't we get into uh, some scores, shall we? Well, let's start with the girls, shall we? Nikki, do you want to take this one away?
2: It's been a very, very, very long day for me. Um, I was actually at Adelaide Oval at 8.30 this morning. Um, So I just want to say congratulations to the Rainbow Crows and also the Carlton Pride Group who put together a little uh, grand final breakfast. They had a great uh, four panellists, Richard, who um, hosted the panel did a brilliant job and, and it was such a good start to the game. But the bonus was it meant we were already in the ground and we got to get to our seats before anybody else. So we got prime position directly opposite um, on the nice padded seats and the members directly opposite the centre bounce. But that performance today um, was sensational. Um, I think probably the only player of ours who had a bad game was poor Dana Cox. Um, but everybody else did exactly what they were supposed to do. And that first tackle from Ange Foley, and we just all just went, yep, they're on. Yeah. Um, I mean, Carlton had to have a lot of assistance um, from the umpires. And they talked <laughs> about. did they ever. Oh, <laughs> um, there were definitely two sets of rules going on out there. Um, I also thought the booze from the crowd towards the umpires at the end was very restrained considering what we'd put up with. Um, and then to be fair, that when the, one umpire selected who wasn't the bad one um went to to get the medals everybody did clap and they stopped their boo there um but the the atmosphere was insane i didn't realize um that they'd opened the riverbank stand until i actually went to go get a drink at half time just looked up and went holy crap um because we saw them open up the eastern stand and it filled up so fast but the That crowd, the way it was embraced, the way we played in that first half was just, I mean, outstanding. I mean, that Chloe Shear mark, the the kick to Ponta to her advantage and just that little run on goal, they called it champagne football, but that's what we want to see, that growth in the AFLW and the fact that it's two of our youngest players that were doing that, that's um, a huge step forward.
1: Yeah, that that uh, you just quoted there—that's one of the one of the best bits of footy I've seen in the uh, AFLW since it started. That was just a, a superb bark under pressure, and didn't waste one little uh, minute or one second. She Just played straight on, and and she put it to the superb position for uh, Ponder to run onto. It was just just magic football.
2: And Eloise Jones did some really lovely runs, and, and for she the year. oh. And she did also another one that kicked to ponta to her advantage is she's running with the ball. She's got somebody coming at her. She knows not to bother about that. She was just waiting for that right moment for that pass. She faded a little bit in the, the second half, which is understandable once we went one and then two players down in rotations. And most of our rotations are actually through our forward line. We'll often change three forwards on, three forwards off. Um, we leave the backs mostly on there for most of the game. Um, I think Sarah Allen actually plays like the entire game um, Mm. on the field. She deserves huge accolades. Um, I hope she gets named in the All-Australian team at fullback. They might go for the more sexy, the one who gets the more attention in the Melbourne Papers, which is the Collingwood fullback. But Sarah Allen, um, uh, her game over the last two years has improved so much and she plays so much like her coach, Peter Cavan, which I love to see because I love Cavo as a player
1: it's not, um, not played one bad game all year, Nikki.
2: And she takes her time and she delivers it so well. Um, she's just got such a good footy brain and she knows how to defend and, and get her opponents into a poor position for them. Or even if they try to get her out, she will then work so hard to make sure that she gets it on her terms and gets the ball back. Um, it was, I mean, it it was what I kind of thought would happen um, if they played to how they had previously. And my only worry with Carlton is they are a quick side when they can get you on the outside and there's, there was some nice space on Adelaide Oval for them to do that, but they're not a long kicking side. They don't have no. any big kicks.
0: Yeah, and they were put and under a lot of pressure as well.
2: Yeah. I yeah. mean, they did that at the start to us and it took us a while. We were a little bit fumbly, but then that second quarter was like, nah. Yeah. We got it now. We've got the pace of the game. 6 we're 2, six two in the second quarter.
0: Yeah. Uh, look, for those living under a rock, uh, we better just uh, actually say what the scores were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, Adelaide uh, winning their second AFLW grand final in three years in front of an estimated 53,000 people, which is a, a record, obviously, for uh, a women's footy game. I think it's the fifth highest ever crowd yeah. at Adelaide Oval. Um, it beat Port yes, Adelaide's beat Port Adelaide's um, attendance by you know a lazy twelve thousand, um, and uh, yeah, so we got up in the end. I've oh, just scrolled away from the score: ten goals, three sixty-three uh, to two goals, six eighteen. Carlton not scoring a goal, actually only scoring two points after half time. It was a dominant display. Um, the girls thoroughly deserved it. And uh, as you said, or both of you said, all credit's got to go. I think not only to the girls, but also to Matthew Clark, who has really and his coaching group, uh, who have really taken this team to a level that the AFLW hasn't hasn't seen before. Uh, This is an evolution of the girls' game, in my opinion, and it shows uh, to all those uh, doubters uh, that the ladies are capable of playing quality AFL football.
1: Excellent point, Veen, and because they are playing a standard above what the rest of the competition is. Now, obviously, the rest of the competition will uh, attempt to, and some will succeed, in raising their their standard up to that level. Yep. And what Clark will be doing next year will be trying to raise this group up to another level again. So um, you're quite right. It's the evolution of the AFLW becoming a very, very respectable a good standard competition. I remember being very, very critical of the competition last year and the standard of it uh, comparing it to... It had seemed to eight.
0: stagnate, hadn't it Maka last year a little bit?
1: Yes, it, it, well we had the same coach and I think don't think that she had the same effect on her players and she didn't have as good a year I didn't think as a coach. So as the, our team definitely stagnated um, but the... Uh, allowing uh, that Clark to take over the team and with very good, very good support from Cavan and uh, Ma- Andrew McLeod. Um, some good brains And Tim, the-
2: Tim Weatherald as well. So there's another right. premiership player. Yeah.
1: yeah. In- they, and, they, you know, these girls went out there and the, the, they not only uh, won the game and won the premiership, but they played right up to their standard that, that they've set for the year. Absolutely. So to, do in, to do that in a grand final means that um the coaching staff and the leaders of the team have really got the whole team under control and got them thinking in the right way and the right approach uh, to the grand final and we were always going to win it always. Yep,
0: but there's always that danger isn't there mac and nicky that uh, you get to a grand final and the weight of expectation gets a better view and uh, nerves set in but uh, as you pointed out mac um you know it was a reasonably even first quarter as uh, you know these games often are but uh uh, the girls if they were suffering from nerves they certainly put them in the hip pocket in the second quarter um and broke the game wide open and as you said Nikki played uh to the standard that we've become accustomed and I mean it was just not notwithstanding the the terrible injuries uh it was just an amazing game and an amazing achievement uh by the girls and uh I've got to pose this question to you. They always say that Melbourne's the sporting capital of Australia but I mm. tell you what I tell you what when it comes to Aussie rules football, do you think there is any more passionate a, uh, a population than, than Adelaide to get out and, and show 53,000 people worth of support to a fledgling competition um, is just it's just astonishing in my opinion. The yeah, fact yeah. that
2: we saw people in port gear, people walk around. There was somebody in a GWS gear. There was people in Swans gear. Um, you know, they they just turned up in their footy gear to come and watch a game of football, not just Crows supporters. And um, and it was
0: the thing about that is though, Nick, that fifty three thousand people wouldn't rock up if it was a quality spe- if it wasn't going to be a quality spectacle. Spot you on. know, and as you rightly point out, they weren't all Crows fans. You know, there was a lot of neutrals that were that, just there to watch the grand final and to watch a good game of footy. And yes, it was a bit of a blowout one way, but it was a good game of footy. And uh, if ever there was a uh, a window uh, to Gillen and all the rest of it for what the fr- future of women's footy could be like, uh, this is it. And... Um, I've just got to take my hats off to people because I mean I don't think anyone could have expected. Well, certainly the AFL didn't expect the level of attendance that they got because they kept having to open up tiers on the stand. Yeah. You know, so even they underestimated um, the level of interest and uh, the enjoyment that people get from going to watch a game of women's footy. And uh, let's hope, let's hope that this is an impetus for the for the AFL to actually start. Acting a little bit more legitimately about this competition because it's certainly got legs, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and again, I'll take my hat off to Clark and crew because they've they've actually raised the standard of this competition, which is, and and that's been developing and evolving through the season. Uh, And that's one of the reasons why there were so many people there today because they knew they were going to see a good
2: standard.
0: Exactly.
1: And And likely
2: uh, a smashing. We kind of like it when there's a smashing. (laughs) There's
1: nothing wrong with a smashing when you're the smasher.
0: Yeah, exactly. I didn't like the smashing in 2017 at the G, but, uh, yeah, it's all a matter of perspective, isn't it? (laughs) Um, I just
2: have to say uh, there's one other coach I didn't mention, and that's our forward line coach, which is Narelle Smith. What she's done with that forward line this year and her pedigree um, that's come through the ranks of not only the SANFL um, women's league, but also she has coached um, men's teams um, at Glenelg. So she is such a quality coach. And there are, unfortunately, still too few female coaches. But to to follow on from your point, Phoenix, I mean, we saw that in round, um, from the first season to the second season that our fitness was quite good and you saw other teams lift their fitness yeah. in response to that, and we didn't. And we had injuries, which then impacted on us. But this season, the way we've gone about it, the structures that we've played, the players that we've picked, and the for, to fit that type of game style, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, similar next year, which can only bode so well for the competition.
0: Jen, I want to indicate to me Nick uh, the attitude that was taken by Matt Clark and the rest of the coaching staff there. Uh, Was and this could be a little bit divisive, but I like being divisive. I reckon a lot of uh, clubs have have put uh, limitations on their players simply because of a preconceived idea of what the women are capable of. And it seems to me that Matty Clark and his group went out there and instead of putting limitations on the girls to what they could achieve and how they could play... He's actually shown them how to play and had full confidence in the fact that what he's shown them, they can deliver. And it just goes to show that if you put faith in a playing group and people's ability, and if you show confidence in them, then they can just go up a level. And I think other teams now will be thinking, well, you know, maybe we've got to put aside our preconceived notions of what these girls are actually capable of. Because no doubt, the Adelaide Crows women aren't, uh, super super women You know they're, they're just players like everyone else The fact is that they Have pushed themselves to uh, um, Improve uh, With their skills and with their stamina And with their the style in which they play And I hope that other teams And coaching staff around the country Now realise That these girls are capable of so much If you just release the shackles And actually teach them As if you would any other Professional sporting team, rather than putting, probably subconsciously putting limitations on what you think they can actually achieve.
1: Yeah, and that, and the other thing too, um, and, uh, fellow panellists, I just think that it looked like Clark just put a little touch of the way Richmond had played when they when they won the premiership in uh, into their style, and that this is the style of um, a lot of quicks at the forward line and plenty of open spaces and kick to the open spaces and let them run onto it. and Or if, they, if they're they not marked, just kick it to them. So yeah. uh, uh, I just think it was just a hint, not total uh, copy, but a hint of that style that Richmond used.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they don't do – but R- Richmond is just chaos ball forward at all costs. We have a lot more structure yes. about the way that yeah, we, we do the, that.
1: Yeah, we have the alternative as well, Nicky.
2: There, there was a brilliant piece of play from out of the back lines where – we seemed to start to head up towards the eastern stand. Then we switched it back over to the right and then immediately, and so, of course, Carlton of All then moved over towards the members' side and then we've immediately turned and switched it back again and we'd opened up that other side and it was a very deliberate play mm. to create that open space. I mean, that kind of tactics we haven't seen in the women's game really be implemented because that is such, it's such an AFL Male structure that you've got to have, um, that really good training. But um, I have to give—if anybody hasn't read it—on Big Forty on the Adelaide board, um, Commander Stab has created a thread which has profiles of all of the players and the journeys that they've taken. And the one thing that's come out of them is how many of our players were actually leaders in every team they've played in. Mm. And I think when you have the number of high caliber people at that level and that kind of game knowledge, even if it's in different sports, I think that's what's also shown on field.
1: Yep. The well, question I'd like to ask is who, who didn't shed tears after the game? When you saw Erin Phillips, etc. Um...
2: Oh, her when she came back on the field, <laughs> there was apparently play going on, but most people didn't notice. we were too busy clapping, <laughs> um, and cheering her on again. Um, the the fact that the crowd started chanting Erin when she won best on ground, um, and the way she went when she went off that that pretty much the entire crowd crowd just stood and applauded and every Carlton player coming over to shake her hand. Yeah, it just shows yeah. you exactly how she is held, not only within us but amongst the league. She is well, let's, just held in such high regard.
0: Let, let, let's Let not paper papercoat this or whatever the hell that saying is. She's the equivalent of Gary Ablett Jr. in the women's comp. I mean, she yeah. is that good. And not only that, she's an international sportsperson. She's a successful... WNBA player. Um, she's played footy her whole life. I remember videos of her when she was a little kid kicking around with with Greg Phillips. Um, she was a gun back then. And so let let's not let's just take this out of dispute. She is a bona fide champion, the equivalent yes. of a Gary Ablett Junior, a Chris Judd, those type of players. There, there's no doubt about it, and she deserves every accolade that comes her way. And I think we're extremely lucky to have her playing for the Adelaide Footy Club and it just shows the esteem that the whole competition as you rightly point out Nikki uh, holds her in the the amount of support and the players getting around her when she did her knee it wasn't limited to the Crows players it was both both playing groups and uh, she's just she's just a legend and I hope she comes back but if she doesn't She's already left an indelible mark on this game and it's a credit to her and a tribute to her that she's been able to, um, to leave such a mark on a game that she's loved since she was a little girl.
1: Well, I've got
2: to... That, But to me, it's also how she speaks about the game and how she also speaks to promote the game. I mean, we've never had um, anybody who just... She's just so articulate. About it, um, but I have to say that PJ Crows has just kind of made me tear up again because um, he talked about he took his daughter to the game for the first time, six year old, and um, he said that his daughter said, "Why is she coming off on a go kart, Dad?" And I said, "She's hurt her leg," and she replied, "Can we go and help her? We can get her some." Ice. <laughs>
0: well, and, t- and
2: that's that's what the AFLW is all about. It's getting those girls to love the game of football and to see that they've actually got an opportunity to be a part of it, whether as a coach, which we need more of, whether um, it's an umpire or the fact that you can play at the highest level in front of 53,000 people to everyone who turned up today, outstanding.
1: Yeah yeah. When when Aaron hurt a leg I thought I was going to drown With Mrs Macca's tears There were that many of them <laughs> Come on I, mate They were I yours to, They were yours Not no, Mrs I, Macca's I'm going to say I have to be honest And say It, it must have been contagious Because you <laughs> rolled out Of my eyes as well
0: You get a bit of hay fever Did you Mac?
1: I did I did It must have been, <laughs> it, it was really moving Wasn't it? It was moving Oh
0: yeah, yeah Fantastic scenes Well done to the Adelaide Crows uh, Women Well done to the club Um and, uh, yeah, let's see where this, uh, where this game can go and where this club can go in the women's league uh, in the next 12 months. All right, guys, oh, back to the boring stuff. Let's do the score roundup of the men, shall we?
2: Um, but so just on that to so lead into the men, I think I've done one of my best heckles that I've ever done at a ground.
0: You're going um, to let so me play stage. the music?
2: No, it, it's going to be a little segue in, and then you play. Because <laughs> I was really proud of myself. You've just
0: killed it now. Um, but anyway, go on.
2: Bye. <laughs> it's my day today. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of our we handled, and it went to the feet of one of our players, and I just yelled out, "You're not the men's team." And a lot of people around me really appreciated that comment. I was quite All proud right. of myself.
0: That wasn't worth it. Man. <laughs> Whoops, you made me play the wrong music Hang on, <laughs> here we go Jayma could kill me if I didn't play that music It's a whole of his week All right, there was some men's stuff going on uh, this weekend as well, Um, and a pretty interesting round of footy, guys. So I'll just quickly run through the scores. On Thursday night, we had uh, Collingwood uh, getting up over Richmond, uh, 110 to 66 there, a margin of 44 points. Uh, Slightly surprising, although Richmond are struggling a little bit with. uh, Well, Rance out, and now of course they've lost Revell as well. So two very key injuries for the for the Tigers.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make web comment there. One, I watched one uh, premiership contender in Collingwood. Richmond cannot win the flag this year. Mm, what's a big call, Macker. It's a marathon, not a sprint. No, nope, they won't get there. I'd, they they have a confused game plan now. They had a very clear game plan before they got Lynch. At the moment, they've got this hybrid game plan, which is very confusing uh, to them as well, like because they're not sure what they're supposed to be doing. And, well, do uh, you think
0: do you think that Revo actually helps them in terms of clarifying Lynch's role or allowing Lynch to be the key hitter? Because yeah, it seems well. seem to me that at well. the moment they're struggling uh, with that two prong forward line a little bit. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't write them off just yet. They're a quality team, Macker.
1: Um, well, I'm I'm going to put my neck out and say okay. they can't win it. Friday. Friday. I, I
2: think I think that that loss of Rance showed up.
1: Yeah, they so need an intercept much, player
2: um, Thursday night, and they don't have anybody else who really can do that. No, and really. they've lost him for the year. Yeah, I think that's where they're going to struggle.
0: Yeah. So Friday was ours. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and then Saturday we had uh, the Saints, who I picked. Thank you, St Kilda, uh, getting up over. One of the worst Essendon teams I've seen so far for a long time. Uh, the Saints getting up by eleven point seventy six to sixty five. Pretty low quality game there.
1: Oh, it and was a
2: definite cockwobble it- moment out of that.
1: It was a stinker. It was an absolute stinker. And I was grabbing the Port game started so I could switch off of it. It was probably the lowest standard game I've watched for many a long year at AFL level. And um, Essendon, they have. I don't know, they've been de-gutted or something. There's no spirit. There's no want. And uh, St Kilda were doing their usual bit, you know, uh, trying hard but making a heap of errors but still winning. So, uh, look, uh, Essendon, are in, they're in the wilderness at the moment and uh, surely they can play a bit in that and uh, they'll have to put some want into the team. There's no want.
0: I, I think the they're, they're good players are just getting over the hill a little bit, uh, Macca, and the younger players... Aren't really cutting the mustard, Essendon. I think they got I think they're in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Anyway. Tipp
2: huh? Tip and Morty's actually looking slowish.
0: Yeah. Whether he's carrying something I don't know. Um but yeah, they got some work to do. Um also we had the pair getting up over the blues. Uh not terribly convincing, but a wins a win, I guess. Eighty eight seventy two in front of a poultry forty one thousand at the Adelaide Oval on Saturday.
1: Thought it told us two things actually. That game, I thought it told us that uh, Port aren't that as good as they really uh, think they are, and uh, as uh, the scribes would like to write them up as, um, they've improved from last year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but they they won't win a flag either. Uh, and Carlton, uh, they have improved, and uh, uh, you, t- you take Carlton lightly at your own risk. Uh, I'm I'm not saying they're going to get in the eight or anything like that, but.
0: They are competitive at the moment to some degree. Yeah, I don't know, Mac. I'd, I'm not convinced about Port. I think they're running on, you know, enthusiasm, etc. Um, oh, and that'll fade. Th- yeah, yeah, it does. It doesn't last very long. Um, well structured teams will will come up uh, trumps to get them. They'll start getting injuries. Their their lack of depth will show up. I, I think they've done very well in. Um, in recruiting Lysette. I think he actually gives them something and also frees Ryder up a little bit. Good play, um, good play. But I, I just think that uh, their, their kids look really good, uh, but we all know first-year players aren't... The, I mean, look at Power Pepper. When he started with a bang and then uh, tailed off very quickly, you just can't... It's not fair on those kids to rely on them to bring you results, and Butters and Rosie, etc. are doing quite well at the moment. But if, if Port are... Uh, Trying to build a season out of those players around those players, and they're going to be found wanting. Although I must say that with those recruits, if they keep recruiting well or drafting well like that, uh, then they'll be building a good side for the future. Um, The Blues, Blues, I don't know, Mac. I, I, you know, they should they should be good with the amount of picks that they've had, Um, but uh, I still see the same old traits with them, uh, they're not clean they still don't look organised as far as I can tell, Bolton's had, this is now what, Bolton's third year with Carlton, I think and they still don't look um, yes, organised to me I,
1: I don't, I'm sure I'm sure that, um, I wouldn't want him as my coach, put it that way um, and uh, because if you look at the individual players that Carlton have got in their team this year, it is it's, it's vastly improved from last year um, and it it's giving. They are giving bursts of reasonable football. Uh, they, as I said, you. One day they'll put three or four quarters together and they will win a game or two. Um, yeah. But uh, but you you must you know if you take them lightly, that's the day they'll get you.
0: Well, that's true. And of course, we should mention Jack Watts going down with his broken leg. You know, oh, um, I'm very
1: sad. That, that was because, horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, because
1: he not only broken his leg, he dislocated his ankle. And I think he's got a slight fracture in the ankle bone as well. So. Yeah. I mean, I oh, do feel for layer. the bloke.
0: I, I did. I did read a funny post on Big Footy saying, "I hope his nurse has, uh got a nice rack and enjoys swimming." <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm just going <clears> to <throat> shake my head at that. <laughs> well, that's good because people can't can't hear you shake your head, Nikki and Makra <laughs> and I will laugh. Um, look, yes, I know. we also um, have just on, oh, that, on.
2: Just that point being um, on both those teams. I I think you are spot on. Um, about their young players, and that's where their issue is. And the the problem for for both of those teams is we've seen them over and over again. They get high end draft picks, but they can't develop them. They don't actually improve no. on what they kind of get. Um, but the advantage for us is that all these almost wins means that Bolton keeps his job.
0: Yeah. Now, Nick, <laughs> now Nikki, just watch your microphone cable there because it's just scratchy a little bit. Um, yeah. And- I Sorry yeah, no, you're right. Um, Mitch McGovern looks a little tubby, if you ask me, but he. Oh, yeah, again, overweight. Again, uh, that's the Mitch McGovern we know sort of flashing in and out of the game. And uh, at one stage when Curno went down, it looked like he was going to uh, do the business, but uh, yeah, just, just too inconsistent. Um, Geelong absolutely belting Melbourne uh, down at the Cattery. Melbourne. Uh, I don't know whether they had a, a a late... I know they've had a lot of off-season surgery and, you know, late pre-season and blah, 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 all the rest of it, but they just don't look... They don't even look close to it at the
1: moment. No. Also, it also puts uh, Ports Winnow and Melbourne into perspective as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, Geelong, actually, uh, they've got... I think it's three, maybe four young lads in there in their own, t- which have blended very nicely into a team that's got a lot of experience as well and some some very good players. Um, good midfield, uh, really good forward line. Um, yeah, they're not going to be around the place. They'll definitely be in the eight. And um, well, who knows? Um, they they could. They could be one of the teams that are fighting it out in in late in the late part of the uh, finals.
0: I don't think you can ever take a team with uh, the star power that they've got, notwithstanding uh, their depth. The star power that they've got. If if Dangerfield and Ablett and Selwood et cetera, get hold of you, um, then they're just going to they're just going to get enough ball into their forward fifty to be able to post a winning score max. So I don't think you can ever take Geelong lightly, and we've got them next week. So it's going to yeah, be a real tough. One. They'll be very it's- chilling.
2: It's interesting that actually those stars, they actually kept out in the middle. Yeah, They actually had their younger players going through the middle and I, I think that's where they've fallen down over the, the last year was that they were relying on their stars so much and they were ageing and everybody's kind of figured out, Well, let them get their possessions but out here, et yeah. Um, and, and the fact that the problem with Melbourne is Petrarca was their full forward. They are actually missing Hogan.
1: Now, they don't bloke, have
2: anybody else up forward.
1: There's a bloke that needs a whipping because he's got all the talent in the world, but he's definitely either overweight, over-muscled, and not performing to the capacity that he should be.
0: He doesn't seem to have enough desire, Maka.
1: That's it. Absolutely.
0: That's what I see I see a kid with a ton of talent But just not a lot of drive Anyway um, The Eagles bouncing back uh, On Saturday evening Against a Disappointing Giants I reckon 104 to 52 So the The coast is up by 52 points there And um, Giant Tony just going at the moment
1: Well the interesting thing about that particular game was um, Penelio who I thought was Almost invincible Was tagged Uh quite mercilessly, right out of the game. 50 Dream Team points, I mean, that's, which is quite a very ordinary game by a very star player. So, And once you tagged him out of the game, you really tagged the Giants out of the game. Because At the moment, is, yeah. Yeah, he is their drive. And so uh, I think West Coast had done their homework very, very well. And uh, I watched that game, and I must admit, West Coast played very, very well. Did they um, run with, um,
0: Coniglio, Mac? I didn't see the game.
1: Uh is it Hastings in his name? Um, yeah, I think right.
2: it was Hastings. They had, Hastings. I, it was actually, it, even though GWS, they weren't scoring, the, there were still some nice rebound plays that they were doing. They, they've they got a disconnect also with their forward line. Um, Lucky Whitfield got a lot of the ball, but he, he wasn't was it, damaging with it.
1: Oh, I thought he was outstanding though, Nicky, because he
2: he, he... he was, but I think he just needed to do... He was sometimes making the wrong decision in terms of that final kick, um, but him, his ability to get the ball against um, the opposition he was doing was quite good. That, to me, was one of the most enjoyable games uh, yeah. watching.
1: Yeah. Sloan Rangers got it. H- H- Hutchings, it was. Hutchings. Uh, and Hutchings is a damn good tagger. He's a very yep. good tagger. He's relentless.
0: Yeah, and they picked the right bloke too because, as I just said, Coniglio has been their driving force. He, he's a gun kind of a player and... Uh, You know, he's going to have to work through that the way a lot of other star midfielders have had to work through tags. Yeah, and uh, call it what you will, whether you think it's a blood on the game or what have you. Uh, It's a legitimate tactic as long as it's umpired correctly. Um, And uh, if Coniglio has trouble shaking tags, you can bet your life there's going to be some other teams uh, trying that tactic and uh, the Giants will struggle until they can work through that unless they throw their team around a bit. Um, The Brisbane Lions, just doing my tips, the world are good uh, because they did tip them against uh, the Kangas, 107 to 87 on Sunday uh, today. That is uh, so up by 20 in the end. They were down for a while, uh, but uh, they powered home pretty pretty nicely.
1: Well, sometimes it was uh, the day of the powerhouse finish because all three games were done the same way. Um And uh, uh, there's no doubt The Brisbane Lions they have, They're have they putting together a pretty nifty little team And uh, uh, they're certainly Not going to be anywhere near the bottom uh, They're going to win a lot of games this year
0: Yep, I agree with that Mac. Uh,
1: and, and I think North Melbourne Have wasted their money with their imports
0: Well, I think in yep. the end They just the money was burning a hole in their pocket Because every team that they went for Every kid that they went for Knocked them back they threw a million a year at De and he knocked them back. I think they had to do something in the end.
1: Yeah, well, it made no difference to their team. Um, I don't think I, no, North Melbourne will be very lucky to make that. I don't think they will.
0: No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't. I yeah, don't they're think not good. No, um, and uh, can't see can't see a future with that squad. Actually, they've got a couple of nice players, but uh, as a whole. Uh, they're very vanilla and uh, they don't, you know, they'll bob up and beat a few teams, but uh, they're, they're not a threat. Um, speaking of not a threat, Hawthorne, after dismantling us last week, uh, got overrun by Western Bulldogs uh, in the end by 19 points. Bulldogs are, are coming from the clouds, 106 to 87. Um, so the Hawks back to earth pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, what's it? nearly made me vomit because of the fact that. <laughs> no, because. Because the Western Bulldogs did what we should have done, which is um i mean they they, they were six goals down, and they've they kicked i think the last nine goals of the game I might be one out, but I think it was nine um they just they just gave a hundred percent of what they've got to give and um just generally always kicked to where there was a you know not even uh pretty football, just dedicated football, just tough, hard football, and Hawthorne liked to win a little bit pretty and um and uh they just weren't allowed to, and uh they hawthorn looked like they were cruising through the game, and then uh Western Bulldogs lifted, got serious about the game, and then just ran it over the top of it and smashed them at the end
0: Well don't forget maka that 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 little uh video analysis we did last week we could have done the same thing had we kicked straight we had we peppered the goals in the first ten minutes of that last quarter as well, and had we kicked straight, we would have been in front so yeah. um. You know, but we didn't
1: do yeah, it. Yeah,
0: well, the only the only difference was that the bullies were were hitting the scoreboard and we weren't. Um, but uh, yeah, one of those weird early season results, I reckon. Uh, and finally, and uh, if any of you guys tip the Suns, uh, I'll take my hats off to you. But I certainly, <laughs> I certainly oh, did. Jesus, but I, I, did about it. I did. I did Macker because I actually rate the well Suns. Done. Higher than a lot of other people, I don't think they're going to be the worst running around this year, like a lot of people do. And they got up over Frio, uh, sixty-one to fifty-eight, three points in the end, and uh, also coming from behind, I believe.
1: Yeah, what's the last quarter of that? And uh, full credit to them because they were two-three gold there, and and, but they just persevered, and uh, um, again just through sheer want and uh, and sheer effort, and they they. uh, there were some good performances like uh, blokes like Harbrow, for example, and you dominated around the middle, swallow, etc. But uh, yeah, you know, they got some young blokes as well. Who The coach is, uh he did a few good things today, and uh, yeah, they've got a, they've got a few. It's a, lot, it's a long way away, but um, they showed a little bit today. And uh, Frio, Frio, I could see their coach was going. He, he was just going spare, uh, spare in the coaching box because. Um, <laughs> I mean, they had the game won, and then they just, Gold Coast just took it away from them at the end. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, that does us uh, for results. Let's see where it leaves us. Not that it means a hell of a lot at this time of the year, but uh, let's see where it leaves us uh, in terms of the ladder. We have the Cats on top uh, with the Lions, the Power, and the Bulldogs, and also St Kilda all on two wins. Uh, one win, we have Frio, Collingwood, GWS, Hawthorne just out of the eight with West Coast, Gold Coast and Adelaide and Richmond and yet to open their accounts Sydney, Carlton, North, Essendon and Melbourne um, and uh, in the Carlton Cup, Carlton 15th at the moment so we've got to start barracking for North and Melbourne and I'll tell you <laughs> what, the danger for that number one pick is Essendon at the moment because
1: they look absolute shit. Yeah, they do look very ordinary, really ordinary. But they've got that much talent. They've got enough talent in that team to win a few games. So um, I'm hoping they pick up a few later, but not against us, of course.
0: No, that's right. All right. Well, let's take a closer look at our win over Sydney uh, this weekend. Alright, uh, hard work of it, but a solid win away from home, in my opinion. Uh, Adelaide getting up 12 goals, 16.88 to 8 goals, 14.62, a margin of 26 points. Before we get into the stats, your initial thoughts, lady and gentleman. You
1: can have a first go, Nicky. Uh,
2: nothing went our way. We won ugly. and And... To me, that's the way. You th- things not quite going to plan for you. You you still need to find ways to work yourself into the game, um, and to win. Really liked um that when we put Seizman up forward, uh, I thought that was a real catalyst in the in the first half. And then he didn't seem to go there in the second half. And it's like, put him back there. He did really good. Um,
0: Got tired in the second half. He had 10 touches in the first quarter and that massive barrel and uh, didn't do a oh, huge amount tomato. after that. But uh, it just the, that'll come with a bit of fitness. Uh, he certainly showed his value to the team in
1: that first quarter.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that we won ugly. Sometimes well, you just need to do that.
1: Well, we did, Nicky, and um, that was good and it was bad because, you know... Um, We just still haven't got our game plan working properly at the moment. And uh, we did win that on effort. And the thing I did like about the game is that the leaders stood up. And I'm talking about leaders plural this time. Um, That was (laughs) was easily Walker's best game for a long time. And I thought he actually looked like a captain playing out there this week. And, I mean, Rory does that nearly every week and, uh, uh, he, Rory actually started well and was finished strongly and uh, he was uh, held a little bit in the second and third quarters.
2: What do you mean, a little bit?
1: Well, he was held in the second and third quarters. I'm uh, being polite. Um, but uh, I, think, I, I agree with your comment. We did win ugly in the sense that there was some individual efforts that, uh, like that big torp that uh, uh, Siege did, which was an absolute ripper. And actually, when the moment left his boot, you knew it was a goal. It was just a ripper.
0: Official measurement um, was seventy meters, seventy point four meters. Apparently,
1: not, well, I reckon, I reckon um, Walker kicked one longer than that because the the man on the mark was sixty meters out. I think it was only a point in the end. Um, yeah, 60 meters out, and he kicked it from say five to six meters behind the bloke, and it went and it landed uh, on 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 the fence. So yeah, uh, I reckon it just to the left, boat. wasn't it? Yeah, it would be about seventy five meters. I reckon.
0: The, the thing with Tex when he kicks those long bombs is it just looks so effortless. It like, is. It's yeah, it not is. as if he kicks the pigskin skin out of it. it. It just just kicks through it lovely. Anyway, uh, look, my thoughts. Uh, I, I felt like we struggled um, for confidence, and early it looked like we were going to start that hat kicking crap again. Um, mm. But I felt the main difference uh, between uh, the game last week. I felt. I felt like it was quite similar in many ways, except that we were getting better service from our outside runners. I thought Rat had more influence on the game, although his disposal is still letting him down a little bit. But I, I felt like he was getting more involved uh, in the game. Uh, obviously, Seasman I, I felt, even though uh, Laity was held again, I thought Brody worked himself into the game a bit. Um, and once our forwards started moving a bit, um, yeah. and tech and tech started hitting up a little bit um, then we were getting value for those for that possession i it's quite interesting we we lost a lot of the I, I feel like the the emphasis was different uh, this week than last because whilst we still did well in, in the uh, in the contested stakes um, I feel like we were trying to use the ball a little bit better and we were trying to to stretch them out a little bit more. Rather than going up and down the, the lines all the time. And, and once we got those forward entries looking a little better, um, that's when we started getting value for possession.
1: Well, you know, I've been say, uh, saying that I'd, I'd like to see Jenkins played on a half forward flank. Interestingly enough, when that um, Jacobs went off and he was running around the ground, he actually took two strong marks. You know? And I- that,
2: that got his confidence up. He took those two clunkers and he had to be physical in order to do it and you could see his game lift from that point
1: yeah but you know he looks, he looks so much better when he's running around the ground
0: macca i've been saying to you now for how long jj first ruck get jacobs out of there because I, and the thing that i notice and it's not an i told you so situation but what i've noticed uh, and what i noticed against sydney is that if if he if he's stuck in the forward line and he's not getting the ball he drops his head and and the more he doesn't get the ball, the more he drops the head, the more he doesn't get the ball. So, and getting him into that ruck, it seemed to actually light him up a bit because all of a sudden he was around the ball and he got interested. And you're right, Nick. Uh, I, I was only texting my my son half through the game, going, "JJ's been bloody horrible." J- uh, Jacobs goes off and Jenkins goes in the middle, and all of a sudden he clunks two marks, and I was like, "Oh, here we go." And that's what we want from JJ and I'm telling you right now, Jacobs is not the answer anymore in the modern game and Jenkins could very well use his attributes, his fitness and his size and strength, not to dominate in the ruck but just to get more involved around the ground and give us a bit more value for uh, for having him on the ground.
1: Sadly, Jacobs is, you know, he's jumping so little you could barely get a piece of paper underneath his feet when he jumps at the moment. I mean, he's he he just hasn't got that flexibility anymore
0: I'm afraid. No, he does. he's not the type of ruckman that suits this the game now Mac. Is you know there's more emphasis on mobility and uh you know Sam used to be able to park himself in the corridor and be that link player in general play but he's not able to do that anymore. You know occasionally he'll get in good positions and and take a good mark but he's often too weak in contested mark situations. Um, we saw that uh the previous week against McAvoy he got bullied out of it a couple of times and i just i just feel like um I just feel like you know the with his injuries and with his age and with his as you mentioned his, his apparent lack of flexibility and and any sort of physicality in his body we're we're just we're carrying him
1: he's certainly not the player he was and yeah. um and then certainly not the type of weapon to take you to a flag. I mean, you look at Grundy, for example, Grundy, uh, he's, he's got a leap. Um uh, I was watching him suddenly. I thought you're out of position for the, for this throwing, Grundy, but he just, he knows what he's doing. He, he works out where his players are and he comes in from different angles all the time, but just jumps up and puts his hand, gets his hand to it and gives it, to get it to them on a, on a silver platter. And, uh, uh, it would be lovely to have a ruckman like him with the midfield that we've got. If oh, yeah. you had him, uh, you'd be talking flags. Um, yeah. we've got Jacobs.
0: Well, you know, I mean, every team has got their flaws. And, you know, West Coast have their flaws. Collingwood have their flaws. So, you know, I don't think it's the end of the world with, with having sauce. But I really would like them to try something different in the ruck uh, whether it's Jenkins or whether they give Riley O'Brien a run or Cora they give Paul Hunter a run. I think they need to have a look at a couple of different setups uh, in the middle because, you know, sources that tap it to your feet and let the let the cold face players go to work kind of player, kind of ruckman. Um, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of variety with what Source does, and he gets picked off quite regularly. Even uh, we never get towed up in taps, but we often get towed up in clean centre breaks. Um, mm. And I think that's because Source is so predictable that the opposition teams can kind of work him out. Anyway, let's have a look at the stats and see if they tell us anything. Our kick to handball ratio was a little bit better. We had 226 and 152 for a 1 to, or well, 1.5 kick to handball ratio which is better than the yeah, other day. 60, 40 yeah, it was 60-40 it was. 60-40, I
1: worked it out. Yeah, yeah
0: thanks Macca, for the mathematician Macca. Um, <laughs> Sydney a touch more 382 and uh, um, a pretty similar sort of kick to It was that kind of game. Uh, marks were even, 93. tackles. Uh, attack account was out a little, up a little bit, 64 uh, to 54. As I mentioned, we uh, did comfortably win hitouts, um, and yet I didn't feel as if we benefited, benefited from that. Um, we got an absolute ride from the umpires. How did that feel? Watching a game and seeing the Crows get a ride from the Umps.
2: That was amazing. Oh, it was del- it was delightful how upsetting the the Sydney crowd were getting. Uh, but the thing was, not only that, that the commentators,
1: Ryan Taylor, for God's sake! Oh
2: yeah, but he's an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: commentators hate it. They would know, they wouldn't had- have known what was going on with the Crows getting a run from the Ups.
2: No, and and the thing is that on the previous night's game, he'd actually made a comment of you know about something in football and thinking. And at the time, I went, well, that's something that he. Has never been able to do. Uh, yeah. um, and he's an incredibly poor commentator.
0: Yeah. I didn't um, think it was so much that, uh, that ours weren't there. I, I felt like they missed a few for Sydney.
1: Um, well, you stole my next one. That's what I was going to say, same.
2: But they also missed a few for us.
1: Oh, yeah. But I mean, I. I there were I, still
2: I, some blatant ones, but it was nice to actually. for <sighs> one it
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what about that? You don't know the, what to make of that. What about the alleged uh, hit on it? I think it was Atkins or something. It was only a mere Oh, it was slap.
2: a
0: bloody slap. It was ridiculous. Absolutely that, ridiculous.
1: That, that was farcical, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Anyway, let me power on with the stats for a minute. Um, power on. <laughs> what else have we got? Um, our disposals per scoring shot moved down considerably over last week, down to 13.5. Uh, when we're travelling really well, we tend to be in that 11 to 12 Mark, so a little bit more uh, acceptable. Uh, clearances were even, 44 to 41, Sydney's way. Um, but clangers is an interesting one. Sydney burnt the ball, 76 clangers to 48, um, which uh, shows that not only were we pressuring them better, um, but they were playing... I I felt Sydney played very badly, actually. Rebound 50s, 47, 39 our way. Inside 50s were even, 55 to 53 um, what else have we got here? We've got, uh, tackles inside 50 were still, eh, 10, 10 to 14, uh, their way. Uh, 10 tackles inside 50 is better than what we dished up last week. Uh, intercepts 59-55, uh, turnovers even, meters gained even. Um, yeah, I mean, statistically, um, uh, very very even and despite those clangers the the effective disposal count was was even as well so that's a strange one uh but anyway uh, not much to be looked at from the stats in my opinion it was very much a game that that relied on you know what you were seeing rather than what the stats were telling you
1: yep. on the basically on individual performances and yep. the few, few times where it combined into teamwork and uh and that when the, that happened that that Often resulted in something positive happening, but um, now there were some good individual performances, and it's still not quite gelling properly. Uh, I thought Smithers uh, started to uh, because lead was uh, being checked pretty tightly. I thought Smithers started to get his game really going, and, and that was good. I thought young Chase Jones. Uh, I I just thought that he's usually usually the ball wasn't quite up to the standard that I think the is capable of and that he he rushed a few of his disposals and then made a mess of him. But he I think he adds that pace in the forward line that we really need and um and and he also puts a bit of pressure on. I I, I think he's gonna be a very good player for us.
0: Yeah, I was really disappointed with the lack of leadership shown when he got that hundred meter penalty. Macca, because not one player went up to him and told him to get back off the mark. You could see it as soon as he started lining yeah, up for a goal. You could see that he was going to do it. And not one player yeah. got around him just to, just to calm him down. Because he's just run 100 metres... Yeah. Not one player got around him to calm him down, pull him back off the mark and make sure it made... Because that was a critical moment in the game and that could have yeah. been very costly. Um, and all it needed was for text to come up to him, just tell him to take a breather and take another 10 steps back.
1: That's a very, very good example where um, it didn't even need to be text. Senior players should have been uh, anyone automatically. Just yep. saying, calming him down, getting him... Get your breath. Take your th- you know, most of your thirty seconds. Get yourself balanced. Line it up because you're going to put this one through. Yep. And uh, as you said, getting back a bit off the mark because you could see he was too close.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, credit to the guy on the mark. He he went full stretch. That um, Irish dude. Um, uh, you know, he was the one that messed up in the first place and gave away the extra fifty. Um, but he certainly Which made
2: jo- a Jones actually did that very well. Well, he, he just ran, ran in a straight. Towards
0: him. Oh, yeah, but I mean, the, the other guy he, didn't he know did the rules. He did a little
2: rule. bit. It was, it, it was, yeah, it was quite clever. But the thing is, it was kind of funny that later on McVeigh tried to do it to us as well. You can well, see, yeah, he but he went right swimming. off the. He and went we right went off
0: the away. line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. McVeigh nearly
0: ran forty-five degree way. angle. I mean, Chase pretty yeah. much just ran forward, and the the other guy sort of didn't know the rules or whatever. But McVeigh was trying to. He was just about in the crowd. He ran that far sideways. <laughs> Um, look, let's go through some individuals. Um, I thought, uh, and just for those watching, uh, unfortunately, no video this week because uh, I haven't been that well and squeezed for time in the end, but uh, you'll just have to rely on our dulcet tones. Uh, Brad Crouch uh, continues to work his way into a what looks like being a pretty good season. Uh, 26 touches, 15 and 11, uh, five marks, kicked goal, five tackles as well, three inside 50s. Uh, Ten contested possessions. His disposal efficiency was down a little bit, uh, and I, I feel like both the Crouch boys at the moment. That's probably an area that they need to work on is just to be a bit more damaging with their disposal. Um, and uh, we know that Matt's a bit of an accumulator, but we need Brad, I think, to be a bit more decisive and damaging, uh, particularly by foot.
1: I think he will become that way. Bearing and and in mind, you know, he hasn't played footy for uh, quite some time. I think he's doing an excellent job to get them. Uh, oh, no the no doubt. Yeah, and he and he can win the hard balls as well. And uh, when he isn't in a position to get the ball, he's tackling well. And uh, so um, he's a guy we cut a little bit of slack too. And, and he, this will just get better and better as he, as he goes on. I think. Uh, but but me, his brother, so- I, his brother, I thought he was. Um, He's just a little bit off on, on the on the weekend. I it looked thought.
0: to me like... There there was whispers about a midfielder coming out, and it looked to me like it could have been Crouchy that was under a cloud because, I mean, he worked his way into it in the second half, but uh, he couldn't get near it in the first half.
1: He was Yeah, the one that, that's what yeah, I was yeah. going to say. I actually did hear that by name that he was the one that was in there. Right, the power, but, okay. Uh, and he did play accordingly to that, I thought.
2: Well, the, the Twitter rumour was Gibbs, so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, you, you're spot on there, Fiend. I I thought Matt's first half was not good, but his second half was a lot better. Brad, I've been impressed with the last two weeks. Um, I thought he's had good games. I thought he was close to probably being our best on uh, Friday night. But you're right, he just needs to tidy up the disposal a little bit. I think the funniest thing was the, the foxhell coverage after the game. How depressed they all sounded that they had to actually talk up the crows.
1: Yeah, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, well, Cameron, Cameron,
0: Ling and and uh, BT. I mean, I two, seven. two, two anti-crows people. If you've ever heard, Cameron Ling is a shocker when it comes to backing against the crows.
2: Because I don't, I don't bother um, watching that stupid roaming Brian crap. Oh, um, well, I
0: was watching it on KO, and they had Ling and BT.
2: They had the seven fade, not the Foxtel fade. Uh, okay, obviously. Um, but the one it was hilarious because Rewalt at one stage goes, "He's a lot quicker than I thought." <laughs> it's like, yeah, Brad's actually really quick. It shows you how little they actually know. Oh
0: well, we'll about get team. we'll get to that in your cockwumble segment, I am sure, Nikki. Uh, no,
2: there's, there's only one player. Oh,
0: no, no, no! One, one commentator. No,
2: nobody can beat it.
0: Jesus. Now, uh, Gibbsy, fifteen and eight, 23. I thought he again. He started. I thought he started really badly. A couple around the corner, burnt it a couple of times, and again he worked his way into it. I don't, I don't know what to make of Bryce at the moment. I,
2: He's playing more out the back. He's a yeah. back outlet player, and I quite liked that he was getting it and he was taking. He would then create that space, take the time, and he was delivering it quite well um, for most of the game. And we were using him in that moment. Yeah,
1: I, I thought he was at, his game was better. And, I, and I, th- I would be surprised if he had a pretty high efficiency rating. Because yeah, he did, 82. Yeah, I thought he used the ball pretty well this, this week as opposed to last week. I was very critical of some of the little dinky bits of rubbish that he did. That well, there were a couple like of... that, Mac, early.
0: A couple like yeah, that, uh, but then he seemed to... But...
1: But as a package, I thought, uh, and as PJ said, mainly the second half. But he did show polish in the second half, and yeah. his uh, disposal was quite cutting in the second half. And some of them, those passes were very, very good. What you could worries me,
0: just, sorry, go sorry, on. I
1: was—I was, I was going to say—you can see him take some. Uh, uh, he used his vision to look around the whole field and pick the right opportunity.
0: Yeah. What worries me about Bryce is he doesn't—he seems to lack pace, and so he
1: does lack pace.
0: He's not the type to be able to break clear of any sort of contest so uh, there's been and i think that's what causes him sometimes to do those weird little kicks macker and kick around the corner a little bit because and, and it surprises me i thought he had a bit more i knew he wasn't a you know super quick player but i thought he was uh, reasonably uh, quick but he seems to have dropped a yard in my opinion
1: well, he may, I mean, I've never regarded him as a quick player um, I've always regarded him in like just the middle of the road In terms of pace And um, I'd call uh, him
0: slow now though <laughs> I, I would I, You don't, Because you don't see him Get clear, ever
1: Well he doesn't burst clear, does he?
0: No Uh, Sloney I thought was pretty good Probably our best uh, It was a pretty even performance all round I thought But Sloney probably our best Uh, 12-11 and 11 for 23, 5 marks, 8 tackles Six clearances uh, probably gets him that. Uh, he, it's like Rory Sloan got seven frees. He, like, he must have... Uh, he should sat, have had more. Well, he must yeah, have sat back having... after the game and thought, well, shit, I'm in bizarro world because this never happens. Um, well,
1: and he deserved every one of them. And on top of that, he should have got a heat. He's yeah. been manhandled uh, constantly.
0: Yeah. Th- uh, 13 contested possessions is what we come to expect um, from him. Six score involvements uh, and yeah just like just he's just a hardworking machine, Rory Sloan.
1: and when you look at him he's just a, he, he looks like a slip of a boy compared to a lot of the players yeah. out there, but he's fearless, absolutely fearless yeah and uh, he's got courage and um yeah, he wins he wins hard balls and uh he just sets a, a mighty example for the rest of the team look of the
0: rest, I thought as I mentioned earlier, Smithers uh worked his way into the game, ended up with twenty three touches, twenty kicks, three handles that's what you want from your half back. Flanker, that's a running machine, Uh, took five marks, uh, four rebound um, uh, fifties, 73.9% disposal efficiency, which is good enough, nearly 500 metres gained. Um, Look, uh, Seeds, I thought, particularly early, uh, he ended up with 17 touches, he had 10 touches to quarter time, and then sort of, I think, as you rightly point out, Nick, I think they moved, changed his role a bit, and I think he also got a bit tired. Um, I thought he did all right. I thought dmac did all right, uh, justified his spot. Um, he did, actually. M- Murphy and Jones, I thought, were very good uh, uh, defensively up forward. I, um, 43 pressure acts between them, I think, I read somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, pretty good. Um, Jake Kelly worries me. Uh, Jenkins, uh, good after he... Uh, Got off the chain a bit and went into the ruck. Um, Talia and Keith held their own. Hardigan, yeah. Riley Knight is just about out of the team for mine. Very um, yeah, mixed bag, wasn't it? Did oh, some good
1: things and some bad things. It uh, we're, not, we're not
0: getting enough from Riley, in my no. view. What do you think, Nick?
2: How many possessions did he have? Twelve. And how many goals? Two. Nah, I, I thought he's actually taken a, a, a step up a bit. Um, I wasn't that upset with his game um, from the, the weekend. I thought he, he brought a lot of that heat around the contest, which we want him to in a small forward role. He hit the scoreboard. He hit the scoreboard at important times and under a bit of pressure. Um, I wasn't. I don't quite understand where you're coming from, Fane.
0: All right. Well, Lockie Murphy, metres gained 226. Chase, Chase Gone, Sorry, Chase Jones, metres gained 397. Riley Knight, metres gained 124. I, I know we get what we get from Riley Knight, but I've said all along that he needs to get more of the agate and be involved for longer. Um, and the reason why, Nick, I think is because I think one of the problems for our forward line is that there's there's a pretty same-same element uh, to the guys we've got in our forward line. We've got hit-up forwards uh, in the taller roles, and we've got nuggety, uh, defensive uh, kind of blokes, apart from Eddie, uh, in the smaller roles. And I think Riley Knight might have to give way for someone like a Ben Davis, uh, someone with a little bit more X-factor, uh, because at the moment... He, I don't, yes, he kicked two goals, uh, and that's great. But that's not really what he's in the team for. He's in the team to be a, a link up and also to be a defensive forward. He, uh, five tackles uh, for the game, uh, tackles inside fifty only two. I don't, I don't know. It's a bit like a source. I, you get what you get from Riley Knight, but I don't know what we're getting from him is is actually valuable enough to have him in the team.
1: Um, he, well, he only had the twelve possessions, and and look, a lot of his uh, plays def- is on a defensive basis, anyhow. Um, but I I I'd just like him to lift that up more to about the seventeen, eighteen possession a uh, a uh, game, and just add that little bit more. Um, because the guy's tougher, he, you know, he's tougher a cat's head. And he and he, he never takes a backward step. And I do like that about him. He made a couple of elementary errors, um, but. And as Dickie pointed out, he kicked a couple of goals um but uh, he's got to do i'd just like to see him do a little bit more i just think uh he's 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 about just over fifty percent in my book at the moment
0: yeah
2: yeah I, I mean there's some there's some good pressure coming from underneath the s n f l from that performance by the sounds of it um so to be but I thought he started to take those. Steps forward that we've wanted him to, um, but as you're right, Phoenix, he needs to build on it a, a bit more.
1: One guy who did struggle on the weekend, I thought, was Lynch, because not, there isn't as much space on the SCG, and um, he's uh, he likes to run and he likes to get out in the open, and uh, he uh, he had a pretty quiet game, I thought.
0: Yeah. Um... I, th- I think there's a couple of changes that I'd make, and I'd, I don't know whether you know would necessarily make them. I, you know, aside from shoving JoJ in the rug, I think we need to start thinking about making our forward line a bit more dynamic. We look far better when Tex was hitting up the ground, but that leaves us in a situation where we need someone deep. Um, I know Himmelberg is probably next cab off the rank, and he's a little bit uh, underdone and injured and whatnot at the moment. But we need to be able we need to be bringing in a, a player that can that can take a grab um, because at the moment unless we're hitting up we're just kicking to contests and the balls just coming straight back out again so um, and the other one I would actually and I know Fogg actually played defensively again in the SANFL this week I'd actually be putting him in ahead of Jake Kelly um, just Jake Kelly every time he's got the ball he worries me he stops the flow um, I don't think he's any more than average in one-on-one contests, and I think we need Fogarty in there. Yeah, I don't
1: know. Has Fogarty got the pace to play that role? because uh, Tom is, Tom Jake, Jake
0: no. Kelly, is Jake Kelly a quick player? Uh,
1: he's, he's actually really no, quick. but he's
2: got a better tank than Fog, and yeah. he also knows how to play defensively, well,
0: Fog's, Fog's, Fog,
2: still, Fog still struggles with.
0: He played pretty well uh, this weekend.
2: Not according twos. to the people
0: who were there. Yeah, I thought he played alright. Um, he just—I think Jake Kelly. We we can't have Jake Kelly in the team. He's uh, he's too one-dimensional, and he worries me with ball in hand. So I'd be bringing well, Fogarty in.
1: I think he had a pretty high efficiency rating uh, as well, thing.
0: Well, of course, when you only kick the ball ten meters sideways, of course you're going to have a high efficiency <laughs> rate. But no, but Macca, that's it. That's what he does. He's, he. Oh, no, you, don't, you don't like him, though, do you? Well, it's not that I don't like him as a person, but no, no, I don't mean that. He, he doesn't. He doesn't add anything. He doesn't bring anything to the table, and think, none I of his, on... none of his kicks are damaging. They just get the ball and and he looks for the for the least pressurized disposal. Uh, and every time he's forced to give a disposal under pressure, that may not be his preference. He fluffs
1: it. Yeah, um, well, Vardy Magic says you know you can't have Kelly, Keith, and Harding and all on the same team, and in ideally you have to agree with that. But uh, you have to be able to improve on, on that combination. And uh, uh, who are you going to put in there?
0: Well, as I said, I'd be putting foggany there.
1: Yeah, I'm just worried. I'm just, I am just worried. We're too tall.
2: down back then.
1: Yeah, I just think it. would just it makes it too big.
0: Well, Kelly and Fogarty are the same size.
1: Kelly's more mobile than,
2: than,
1: yeah. uh, Fogarty. Oh, than Fogarty. How can you say that? How can
0: you possibly say that when Darcy Fogarty has been touted as perhaps a future midfielder? That You're actually not thinking about what you're saying, you two. Jake no, no Kelly... he hasn't.
2: There, there's, there's future.
0: No, but he's already uh, got he, those attributes. He still,
2: has, he still has the issues turning. I, I love what he brings but there's still some issues to me in terms of that midfield option. They've talked about that from him as, as his junior days but what we've seen when he's come in and played and what I've seen in the SANFL when he's played he's still got some issues there that I've got a little reservations about as to whether he would be AFL quality midfielder. Well he's plenty, sure. plenty I'm mobile sure. enough to
0: play that to play that Jake Kelly role, in my view. Uh, plenty mobile
1: enough. For me, look, I, look, I, I still think Fogarty, if I was going to play him, I'd play him up forward. And, no. Uh,
0: you can't and have I'd, him and Tex in the same forward line, Mac.
1: Um, I understand exactly why you say it, um, but it would mean somebody like Lynch going out and moving in Jenkins out on a half-forward flank.
0: Well... What I would be doing is playing Jenkins deep and bringing Tex out. Um, whether you keep Lynch in the team under that sort of structure, I'm not sure. But I don't think Jenkins has any value up the ground because he gets uh, he gets lost. JJ he, gets lost. I
1: thought he got into the game when he was running on the ball.
0: Oh no, no, when he's on the ball, it's all right. But what I'm saying is that when he's when he's playing that more traditional centre half forward role, um. He doesn't seem to be able to position himself. The amount of times that I see him running to the same spot as Tex, uh, it actually drives me crazy. And the thing of it is, is he's... When he's playing in that sort of position, he's always sagging out the back. He's always waiting for the ball to come over the top. He's not a good lead-up player like a Lynch or a Tex Walker. And I'd be using his bulk and playing him deep and actually rotating him in the ruck. From a deep forward position Rather than, you know, sort of that High forward position
1: Yep, yeah, and Well, you know um, It's a matter of only a matter of opinion Because we'll never know, because oh, I haven't yeah. seen him Play play that role, but I'd, I'd just Like to see him play that role, because I think he might Do alright, and you know, PJ says he's not A smart footballer, and he's not um, But he is a mobile Player, and, he's, and he's, he does actually have A lot of pace, he's got a lot of pace But, um I, what I don't like is when he's uh, close to goal, is he tends to hang out the back behind his opponent all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's well, he does I, I... He does that anyway. It, like, you will rarely see... I, I've said this about JJ all along, that unless Josh has got the ball on his terms, unless the contest is on his terms and he finds his, himself in front, you'll never see Josh, well, rarely, I should say, because he got better at it last year, but he seems to have lost that. Uh, So far this season, Uh, rarely will you see him work his way through through a contest to front position. He will always sag off the back. Um, Mm. uh, And, you know, even on the lead. And, you know, uh, the issue is that what it forces us to do, rather than be able to kick it to space, which is what we started to do with Tex uh, as the game wore on, uh, we have to kick it on his head. Because if you kick it to space in front of Josh, he won't be the first player there.
1: And that happened several times. Yep. And we're speculating, and and unfortunately, neither what you're saying or what I'm saying will happen because we'll probably just keep on doing the same old, same old. Um, But I don't think that's going to be good enough to get us a flag. Well, not at this stage. I mean, look, let's be honest. It's
0: second game, and, and early in the season, you're just talking about banking wins, and banking a win... In Sydney, despite the fact that we seem to play that ground quite well, it's always a good thing. Um, it brings us back to uh, squaring the ledger. We've got a tough game next week. So, I can't. I, you know, I guess it is a marathon. Malcolm Blight used to say it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and we just need to be in a decent position at the halfway mark to be able to have a run at it um, with no. a healthy squad, et cetera. So, you know, maybe no, we're judging a little yeah. harshly.
1: Oh, and look, I think we do judge a little bit harshly because that's natural. But, um, but I agree with PJ though. We he says, and I've been saying every week, we we seriously lack a marking forward, and in, in the long run, it'll cost us um, because there is nobody that can take that pack mark, or and that's why I keep saying talking about fog because fog can take a pack pack mark now and again. So, no, he can't. Um, well, we differ on that
2: opinion. He's, he's more like tax. He's more laid up. Then crash the pack. What? You do you know who the one player they should be putting down there for the pack marks. You Greenwood.
1: What? Well, Greenwood will probably come in this week, anyhow. We'd want to bloody yeah. hope so.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. If it, if he does come in, who's gonna who's gonna go out?
0: Well, it depends what role we're going to play him in, Mac. Um. Because. You know, if they're going to play him predominantly out forward, there's. I think you'll probably see one of the smalls come out. I would suggest probably Lockie Murphy to be honest with you. Uh, even though I, th- I don't think Lockie's done a hell of a lot wrong, um, but I can't. Uh, I think that I feel as if they need to drop Tommy Lynch, uh, but I don't think they will. I think he's he's part of their agree core on both structure. Both agree so on both I would suggest that if they're going to play Huey in in a forward role, that it, it'll probably be Lockie Murphy that comes out. Um, you know, but there's a there's a case to be made for bringing Tyson Stingle in. Tyson Stingle hasn't done anything wrong since he's come to the club, and he'd snagged another four on the weekend. He's, he's kicked two bags of four and a bag of three now. And And he
2: can kick 50 metres.
0: Well, and, you know, I I was going to raise this. uh, uh, Bonkers on the Big Footy board sent me a a message, and thanks, Bonkers, for doing that. And Anyone, anytime, can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook or Big Footy or wherever. Uh, And he made the point that it's like Eddie's recovery off of that hit when he took about 35 minutes to get up off the ground. Um, And we've all seen how... Old manish Eddie looks at the end of games. Um, is it a, is it a bad sign because he doesn't seem to have like he is around the mark, but he, we're not getting value for, again for him being on the ground. He's not kicking goals, and we need him to be kicking goals.
1: Yeah, the type of games though, where it's where the forward lines are very very crowded. in These first two games don't they certainly don't suit a person who's. Stuck oh. in the pocket like Eddie is. Mate. Seriously? Uh, yeah. I reckon I, that's
0: ready-made. You kick the ball in, it scrubs to the ground all the time. That's where Eddie. That's Eddie's
1: bloody office, I would have thought. No. No, it's a small year. when they kick it in high. There's only at least a couple of pair of tools, and they go up and they all ruin it for each other, and then you just swoop it and kick a goal. And, but when there's about five pairs down, it's a lot harder.
0: Yeah, but he's a th- he's a quality player, Mac, and in the past... That's been his value, and we're not getting value. We're not getting the goals out of Eddie at the moment. Um,
1: well, look, look, it might well be. I mean, the guy's what, thirty two? Is he? Yeah, I think thirty two. It might well be that his better days are over. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think we'll give him a couple more games into the year before we make a decision on that. But uh, but at this stage, I, I agree, he's not playing quite as well as um, we probably expected that he would. But. Uh, his set shot Can't kicking is away. a worry.
0: His set shot oh, kicking no, is a worry.
1: No, he's, a, he's a terrible set shot. Except
0: when you put him on the boundary line.
1: Oh, no, he craps himself from straight in front. You can yeah. tell it.
0: But, but I mean, that, that's costly. It's costly when he misses shots like that. We, you know, we talk again about the first ten minutes of the first quarter, our uh, last quarter last week, and he was one of the culprits. And again, oh,
1: that's bundle dropping time and then that happens. Yeah, you're not wrong.
0: Yep, and he's a senior player, and they're not difficult kicks that he's missing, and uh, he's missing them quite regularly now, uh, to the extent that he actually looks to dish off half the time. Um, And again, if we're serious about winning a Premiership, how long can we carry those sorts of performances from Eddie? He's not giving us what he's in the team to give us.
1: Yep, well, as I said, the next couple of games will tell us um, whether he's just Warming up for the season, or whether he's uh, gradually sliding down the hill. Yeah.
0: Um, but aside from that, I don't see who else would come out for a bloke like Greenwood. Um, I, I'd actually prefer to see Benny Davis come in. Um, well, I think. I think we I, need to see what he can what he can give us.
1: I don't think Davis will come in. Um, you know, because. Agreement's uh, going to be, I, I would think sensibly, he should be first in line to come in um, because, I mean, he's a regular he's a, and he was uh, in the, the top half of our team last year. So um, he comes in, um, you know, the people that go out, I mean, uh, they, they're they going to be, probably has to be one of Knight, Murphy or Jones. It's going to be one of those three. Nikki.
2: Yeah, it is hard, um, but I, I think we need Hugh back in the team um, because, as you said, Murphy actually did quite nicely. He didn't hit the scoreboard, but his metres gained was quite good, and I think that was one of his better games um, for the club. That <sighs> Yeah, I'd hate to be on the selection panel. <laughs> But I, I think you, we've got to look at who we're playing and what's going to either exploit best against them in terms of our forward line, but then also what we need to do in our back line. Because Mac had a good game. I mean, he kicked two goals. Um, so I think he's kind of kept his... No, he he'll
1: be safe. He played, he played well. Yeah. It,
2: it's a hard one um, because we can put him through that midfield rotation as well um, I don't know
0: well the other option is that we've got Alex Keith who can play forward as well and I don't actually mind Keith in terms of a forward option uh, and in the absence of Himmelberg He's quick. yeah he is quick and he can contest in the air um, but probably better than any other player in our team in terms of uh, taking grabs in my opinion uh, and he wouldn't be the worst up forward, and we've got cover for him with Hardigan now back in the team, down back, uh, particularly Maka if We put Fogarty in as well, uh, um, so uh, you know, again, another experiment we probably won't see. But I, I don't think playing Keith forward would be the worst idea either.
1: Well, he before he uh, took up cricket, he he played as a forward. He was uh, he wasn't a backman. He was a forward. He played all his junior football. Yeah, I know. Forward, so the guy knows how to play forward, and uh, I agree with you, he wouldn't be the worst to put there. But at the moment, I think that, in terms of um, because uh, unfortunately losing Dodo, uh, we have to play him back. And, but if Dodo was around, I'd, I'd be awful. Your suggestion of playing him up forward
0: that's where you bring Foggity in, um, anyway. Look, it was a good win. We banked four points. We played Geelong uh, this Thursday night at Adelaide Oval. So another quick turnaround after travel. Uh, Geelong playing well. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, before we move on, remember last year we did the breakout and the jet out of the week and wake up and all that stuff? Yeah. Off. I forgot about that last week. So uh, We did. We
2: were, um,
0: we were just yeah. so depressed. <laughs> just, we'd had a gutful after all the expectations. So <laughs> Yes, we had. All right, who do we reckon had uh, some sort of a breakout game? I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'll actually, if you look at the stats, Jones and uh, Jones's second half uh, was where the majority of his possessions were. I think he had about nine positions in the second half, and yeah. uh, and from that point of view, I, I thought that that was sort of like a little mini breakout. And um, I've got nobody else to offer.
0: Yeah, um, there's I, not really. I quite
2: like Murphy's game. I but think they not, both wasn't played a well. Game,
0: no, no, we'll probably have to. Uh, yeah, so- they're,
2: they're, nobody actually broke out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they kind of knocked on the door. And I went, am Jane, I
1: allowed the, to go away? I gave James half Harper breakout.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far as say it was breakout for Chase yet, but he's showing really good signs. Um, uh, love him as a player. I think he's going to be great value for us. Um yeah. But we might just have to uh, just leave it for this week, the old breakout award. Uh, what about Jet of the Week, though?
1: You're going to get it! Well, if we go by dashing stuff, well, you'd, you'd be tossing up, I think, between Smith and uh, Miller. Um, I mean, Sloane, uh, he gives a real honest workman-like workman, uh, job and very effective. But uh, and I suppose Brad Crouch would be in there as well. So to me, it would be out of uh, Crouch, Smith and Miller.
0: Well, I wasn't overly
1: impressed with Miller's game.
2: Yeah, he yeah defensively he was a little lacking.
1: I suppose so. He did some very nice things though.
2: He did some very nice things, but when he should have been more on the defensive side and actually committed a bit more defensively, he didn't. All right, I'll
1: take him so... mm. Sloan or
0: Smith? Yeah, I, I reckon probably. Uh, I I would have gone Sloan or Brad Crouch um, and probably just... I'm... For four quarter effort, I'd probably lean towards Brad Crouch. I thought Sloane was held at times physically and you know, physically and uh, in terms of possessions. But uh, that's I, not I, a
1: bad
0: pick. No, it's not a bad pick. I'm happy to support it. Yeah, happy to support that, Maka. How about you? Can we yep. get a unanimous? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Why not, <laughs> Brad Crouch for uh, for Jet of the Week? Um, and of course, there's always a contentious one, isn't there? And it's uh, the Wake Up Award. I'm not. Not quite sure who we're gonna pick for this one. Uh,
1: for me it's Tommy Lynch. No, I don't think Tommy's had two great games yet. Nick?
2: Um, I would like to preempt and say the selection panel because they're possibly gonna pick Jacobs for Thursday night, and I don't think they should. I think they need to wake up and actually give the old man a rest if he's hurt his ankle.
0: Yeah, agree wholeheartedly with that, Nick. What about your actual player?
2: It's a bit hard because it was such a scrappy, ugly game. Um, I'm actually I'll go with Millera because we know how much talent he's got and how much he can do offensively coming out of defence. But when you're playing in the Defense, you've still got to do the defensive stuff, and he was lacking in that little bit. And we know he can do it. Mm. Um, so I'm no, going to be harsh, I'm going to be harsh and nominate him.
0: There's a couple uh, that come to mind, Mac. You've already had to say, shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm with you on Tommy Lynch, Mac. I, I feel like he's uh, floundering a bit at the moment. Uh, Lairdy uh, is being uh, given some treatment. And he's not yeah, not, not coping, coping well with that at the moment. So Laddie needs a bit of a kick up the backside. Uh, also, as I mentioned earlier, I thought Riley Knight, and also for mine, uh, Eddie Betts. Uh, so yeah,
1: he's in
0: there. He's in there. Yeah, I, I probably, I would have probably said Laddie because he's such an integral part of our team, such a key part of our rebounding efforts. And at the moment, uh, with him being sat on a little bit. Uh, well oh, no, he
1: was tagged tightly. He was yeah, tagged he
0: tightly. was, but he's got to be good enough. He's uh you know, all Australian player, Mac. You gotta be able to, you've got to be good enough to be able to to work under that sort of attention. Uh so Rory's gonna to have to work through that because I think there's been a few times in pressure games over the years where Rory's uh, come undone a little bit. Um so uh, he'd be my vote, but I'm happy to go with a
1: consensus. What was yours, Nicky? Mellora. Oh God no. Uh, I'll
2: go with you <laughs> I think Nicky's so far off it's so not you know, not funny. No, I was giving an alternate. We oh, we provide I yeah, can see where up. I
1: Genuine. can Well I can see
0: where I can see where Nicky's coming from with Miller. I, I think he's he's always gonna get the ball Mac. Um but again it's it's about are you actually delivering on the role that you're there to be doing? And Oh. I think well, I don't we, know whether
1: if we went through that though we could get half the team in that lot. Ah, not really. I think, yeah. we
0: could. I, I, think I I mean let's have a look. Wayne Miller only—he's uh, a—he's a rebounding halfback flanker, isn't he? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Meters gained one hundred and sixty-five.
2: Not good enough. Uh,
1: but a lot of those passes were setting up the guy that made the three. You know, he, Macca. Uh, Macca. He, he, he's he,
0: supposed to be that. He's supposed to be a, a Brody Smith clone. We've got to get more. We've got bloats that can chip it around. We've got Jake Kelly that chips. We've got Rory Laird that chips. Alex Keith, when he gets the ball, tends to chip around. We need Miller to be dynamic and to break lines. And 165 metres gained from our dynamic halfback flanker, not good enough.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with you on bets originally, but you said so that Mickey can win it. Alright Well they're
0: the three awards uh, And uh, I think uh, We might just finish off With a bit of cockwombling Surely only one Nick
2: um, I thought it would be um, Grefey and Langford who decided to just run off the interchange bench whilst the ball was still in play right next to them, and then later on Grefey actually did it again.
1: Well, you, spark
2: that well, young I, lad!
1: I, I have never, yes. never ever seen that, never done before. Give away a free kick, and then run off the ground and leave the man you've given the free kick to. Uh, Just to run away. And his teammate joined him. Two of them ran off. Yeah. And let the guy just (laughs) run off the ball. So a very, very good candidate. But I think that uh, Eddie Maguire and Brian Taylor both put their hands up for that role as well for the wumble. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I thought nobody's going to beat that. That's just... Because i hadn't well, I hadn't watched the game, and then somebody mentioned it, and I went looking for the vision, and it was just like, oh my God, that was the epitome of the cock wobble because my God did it make me laugh yeah
1: look you you're probably right because eddie McGuire, um I will say this for him i I don't think he was aiming the the, the remark it was a stupid remark oh yeah uh, it was just a,
0: it's just no, an uninformed a remark
1: and, and he was Nicky no Nicky how, no, unin- how,
2: how many uninformed remarks has Eddie had? No. And he continually does it. Do you do yeah. you think he's yeah. clearly that, there with a walking Nikki, stick.
0: Nikki, do you think do you honestly think that if Eddie was aware that that lady had a disability that he would have said what he said? Do you honestly think that? No, he wouldn't have. Don't be silly. Oh no, no. he wouldn't have. No, he wouldn't have.
2: He he's got form. No, he doesn't no, have
0: form doing form. that. He,
2: does. he he's got he's got, a got he's got a lot of bigotry form over a lot of different things. Knocking he someone not think before he speaks Nikki, and he, he should you... not Still be yeah, but that's two different
0: yeah. things. Yeah, Bigotry is not not, making... not thinking what you before you speak. He's no no one would argue with fool.
1: that. He's got form for being a fool and making stupid comments, but he has not got form for being a bigot. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Max. Yeah.
2: I'd, I'd agree. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, he does.
1: No. Although he did make that comment uh, about goods that time. Yeah, but yes, he's again, made
2: a about it goods. He's also made homophobic comments.
1: But That doesn't make look- him a bigot.
2: Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. He's a he's al-
0: No, it doesn't. It, he's allowed to. A bigot is someone so who is- will just have
2: opposing views media, all
0: the
1: time. But Nikki,
2: when you're in the media, you do not make those type of comments. You actually think before you speak. And he does not. Yeah, but that's he gets a different. Away with it, that's a different he has thing. Has the power in the media. Well, he actually right. stood
0: himself down, Nick. Yeah, he did. He didn't let himself get away with it. He stood himself down. All, all credit to him, in my opinion, that he uh, he took the action that he did. What, what he said was stupid and what he said was ill-informed in terms of not understanding who was tossing the coin. Uh, it was... Uh, I don't think it was... Well, my personal impression is that Eddie can just be a bit of a dickhead, but I don't think he would ever intend to uh, slur someone with a disability. No. yeah um,
1: Vardy magic says it's a foot in mouth situation, yeah you know? I agree yeah. with that,
2: yeah, but how many feet does he have? Well, he has when quite you a few know, and he knows, he continually we know that. does it
1: yeah,
0: uh, so he he's continually an idiot He does
2: it and and the fact that he stood himself down, he did not yes, he they, did. the swans got on the phone very quickly, yeah very, but they very don't they don't to dic- complain about it,
0: yeah, absolutely, but he didn't, Eddie didn't have to stand himself down. Eddie could have quite easily come and commentated, but he didn't. He yeah. took himself off.
1: Yeah. What about Brian Taylor's response? That's far him?
0: worse. Brian Taylor's it's, is far worse.
1: You know. That's he, why I
2: never watched that thing. Um. Interestingly, though, somebody did say that um. Text just pretty much just walked away from him when he tried to interview him. No, he was didn't. that what
1: happened?
2: No. Or he, ha- or he handed him off to his mates so that no, he didn't he have to talk to
1: him. He just introduced him to his mates. That was all. No. Uh, BT should have known better. I mean, yeah, he, BT. That was his reply when he said that was you know uh, the tap was was uh, for his dead son and uh, Brian Taylor. His oh, fantastic! I mean, uh, and it just the wrong words at the wrong time. And I, you know, but Brian Taylor is not good enough to have the role that he that he, that he has there.
0: Well, don't forget that Brian Taylor's role is to be a buffhead, so he's actually.
2: <laughs> He doesn't he have to that well.
0: He's actually perfect for that role. The, the The trouble is that we don't actually want a buffhead doing that. We'd actually like some decent freaking commentary. Um, but that's what we're here for. So who's the winner? <laughs>
2: well, got to, It's got to be the two Essendon players. I will, I, go mean, with, was,
1: yeah, I will go along with you. That know, was maybe. just ridiculous. Yeah. I've never seen that on a football field ever. Have you that...
0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, everyone on the chat, thank you uh, for joining us tonight. Uh, another 400 comments on chat on Spreaker, which is fantastic. Thanks to everyone who joined us on Facebook. Don't forget, you can listen to us on demand anytime you like. Uh, don't forget to like us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, give us a plug on iTunes, etc. etc. Thanks to all our patrons for uh, continually uh, supporting us over the season. Uh, if you want to become a patron, just go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast or click on the Patreon button on our website. Don't forget, too, if you own a business or you want to promote something, we're looking for naming rights sponsors at the moment, so uh, go ahead and uh, have a look at that. Get in touch, sponsorship at aflcrowcast.com. Bloody hell. How many ads do I want to put in, Macca? <laughs> <laughs>
1: know, you've, you've Lots done a of well. ads.
0: But look, uh, first and foremost, we appreciate everyone's support. Uh, We'll be back on deck on uh, Tuesday night with Tuesday Night Live with Peter J and the rest of us. So until then, be safe, be good, and enjoy your Sunday night, and we'll see you later.
1: Yep. Night all. Night all till Tuesday.